warning. What you will see in the movie Pieces cannot be revealed, cannot be described, cannot even be imagined. And you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. Pieces, it's exactly what you think it is. Pieces, absolutely no one under 17 will be admitted. Hello everyone, welcome to Pieces in Pieces, a minute-by-minute-ish podcast covering 1981's Pieces slasher film, directed by J.P. Simon, produced by Dick Randall. We are, this is episode, thank you again for listening as always, this is episode 5. And in this one, we are actually covering two minutes, minutes 16 and 17. I was actually originally only going to cover minute 16, if you know the movie, you'll possibly know why but i extended it into 17 because just because because the next minute uh the next uh, episode might be be longer uh so i thought i'd throw in an extra minute here so this is minute 16 and 17 and we're covering from the end of the scene with professor brown in his classroom with the cops and christopher george says well we're gonna wait on the coroner's report and then we go to the end of minute 17 in the library um with the gal um with the uh, tight jeans uh tight shiny jeans walking away from kendall who we don't know is kendall yet looking at the uh, and kendall is like looking with a smile on his face and his glasses there yeah um looking at the uh, piece of paper she sent him with little message on it and he's kind of balling it up and that's that's where the minutes end here so that's we're not covering a lot in these two minutes but we have met uh, willard uh, played by paul l smith and uh, we get the the basically the first minute um of these two is a chat between willard and the dean um dean dean purdom dean edmund purdom i, I forget what the dean's uh, character's name here is but um uh, it's Edmund Purdom, uh, the chapter between Edmund Purdom and, and Willard, as Willard is chainsawing, and then some more killer-related stuff, and then we meet, sort of meet, uh, Kendall-ish, uh, and it's Dean Foley, we just call him the Dean, I don't, I don't think we have to call him anything else, um, so, um, so what, yeah, what happens in this minute, Not, you know, I, I will be the first to admit that two minutes, this is going to be a shorter episode, I, I can't even guess where we'll be at the end of this episode. But I can't imagine this being a lengthy one. Huh? So, yeah, the first minute is, is yeah, Paul L. Smith and Edmund Purdom talking, Willard and the Dean. And then the second uh, minute, the first half of it, more or less, is something triggering the killer to begin the second part, phase two of the puzzle. The, the live body puzzle and then the second half of that minute is in the library uh, and we see yeah we see Kendall who we don't know is Kendall again the uh, actor's name is Ian Sarah um, oh there's probably a thousand pseudonyms that go with that we'll, we'll find out but we'll call him that who we mainly know from pod people if you know the film pod people the J.P. Simon film with um, Trumpy you can do magic which many of us may know from uh, Mr. Science Theater 3000 that was an early episode in their third season circa 91 wait a minute almost 30 years ago I can remember watching that Mystery Science Theater 2000 episode like like it was yesterday for the uh, the first time. Good gravy. That was time 
In some spaces, time goes very quickly. In other spaces, it goes very slow. I'm hoping this episode isn't going very slow for you. I'm not going to talk long because there isn't much to talk about in these two minutes. But I think the thing, the the point of um, the podcast like this is there are going to be episodes that are more um, interstitial. That's not the word I want. Inter, in, into, in, be, in, in, interlude, inter, how about that, interlude episodes. You know, the previous one was a big discussion between all the cops, and we meet a bunch of the suspects, and the next one may or may not have another killing. I, I'm not sure time-wise how stuff goes. Um, but this one is just kind of like, we meet, you know, we already met the dean, we meet another red herring, we get the second piece of the puzzle, and we meet a guy who's, yeah, and a gal who's, uh-huh. Uh-uh. I love those shiny jeans she has on. I, um, you know, circa 1981, I was eight, and, um, I didn't understand, you know, what, um, attraction like that was, you know, um, but if I was a little older and I had seen those shiny jeans, I would have wished that she had thrown me a note. Like she threw Kendall in this minute, but let's let's talk about what actually happens in it. So we get Paul Smith, Paul L. Smith. So Paul Paul um, Paul L. Smith, um, this big guy. I think he's like six four or something like that. Most folks probably know him. He's in Midnight Express. He's the big, awful Turkish guard in, in Midnight Express. He's Bluto and Popeye, and he's in Pieces, and he's in lots of other things. He's in Jungle Warriors. I forgot that he was in Jungle Warriors, where he and like Sybil Danning are like. Whatever uh, Jungle Warriors is like a bunch of models um, with Marjorie Gortner go to the middle of nowhere in like the jungle to do a photo shoot, but then get involved in like some terrorist stuff. And he is there, and his wife in the movie is Sybil Danning, which is fun. He was also in Dune, of course. He was in Crime Wave. Oh, he's in The Protector. Oh gosh, he was in uh, Haunted Honeymoon. He uh, he was in a lot. Yeah, that's right. He was one of the cops in. Um, outlaw force he was in a ton of stuff and then early on i did not know this but he was um he when he was in italy in the mid 70s and you know um geez uh i'm gonna i'm gonna get it wrong it's um terence hill and bud spencer correct terence Terrence Hill and Bud Spencer, yes. Those two guys in Italy, they had a, they made a ton of movies together. Some of you might know Terrence Hill from Super Fuzz. Super Duper. Um, but Terrence Hill and Bud Spencer made a ton of films in like the 70s, early 80s, and they're more or less action comedies. Um, I don't want to put them quite like in the realm of like um, Jackie Chan-style stuff, but they're filled with lots of goofy action scenes and goofy comedy scenes and some great stunts and great fight scenes, and they're 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 not as elaborate as like a Hong Kong film at the time, you know, when like exploitation uh, from Italy at that time. When were they um, ever? But um, they're super fun to watch if you get a chance to watch them. I know Amazon Prime. Last year, and well, this is being recorded in May of 2020. In like 2019, Amazon Prime had like a dozen Spencer and Hill movies on there, and I watched almost all of them. I think they're all gone now, and it's it's a bit tough to find them. Uh, I think there's a German set. Regardless, Paul L. Smith was um, teamed with a gentleman, and they made several movies together. I think like four or five movies together in the mid 70s, and they were. Um, well, he looked a lot like Bud Spencer. In fact, when I was looking up Paul L. Smith stuff, I was like, who does he look like? Oh, yeah, Bud Spencer. So so there was a guy named, um, Jesus, is it, 
well, the name coming up here I'm seeing is Michael Colby, but I think that's Antonio Kentafora. There you go. And he looked a bit like Terrence Hill, so they put him in some Spencer Hill-style movies. And the weird thing is that I'm looking at the titles, and there's one called Convoy Buddies, and there's another called We're, We Are No Angels which I'm pretty certain I've watched, and I may have thought those were Spencer and Hill films, and I didn't even realize. So he did a lot of stuff. Um, Paul Smith did a lot of stuff. And in this one, he isn't in this one a lot, but he's huge. And when he's looming over Edmund Purdom, Edmund Purdom, um, who's in the same a suit that he was in in the previous minute, so this is the same day, um, he, he must have, I'm very busy, um, Professor Brown, show them around, and he, he's mainly going to walk around the campus and tell Willard to uh, chainsaw things faster. And Willard is chainsawing stuff. He does have gloves on, but he should probably be wearing eyewear, a protective eyewear of some sort. And I, I love, like, Paul L. Smith, they were just like, be the best red herring you can be and he's got the chainsaw which we saw kill someone a little while before although if you paid attention that the person who killed the gal decapitated the gal and i do love if i can go off to one side um christopher george saying i want to look at the coroner's report first hmm, what, what do you got in the coroner's report um her head was cut off with a chainsaw thank you I'm going to look into that. Yeah, I know. We, it's, is there is there much more of the Like, if someone gets decapitated with a chainsaw, what else does the coroner portrait? I mean, maybe she was poisoned, and then they decapitated her after it, um, after she died. But then there wouldn't have been blood everywhere, right? The blood wouldn't be flowing anymore if she was dead. Or maybe that's something worse. But that seems odd to me that one would look before I do anything before I investigate any 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 further father father further I need to check the coroner's report for the girl who is clearly decapitated with a chainsaw boom and the and the person who decapitated with a chainsaw has like a mask on and everything and it doesn't seem to be the same person as Paul, Paul Smith Paul L. Smith he's huge the person with the chainsaw in that scene doesn't seem to be the same person but lying in these sorts of movies look at um something like nail gun massacre like the killer in that you know in in that like the leather outfit with the with the motorcycle helmet on you know we we have been horror fans we have been lied to at times and um i don't think pieces is lying to us i think it um i think it expects us to um not fully be paying attention not, not not fully cognizant of what might happen so we don't fully watch the uh the killer's face with the chainsaw until sort of it's too late or until maybe like for this podcast it's the 15th time i'm watching the darn movie so so yeah so uh the the dean has and the dean is very brave i mean he's you know Edmund Purden. i don't think it was a tiny guy but next to paul l smith he looks like paul l smith could just like you know pick him up mush him into a little ball and just bounce him around the the campus uh because that's paula smith has that thing too where, you know he's got the bit of the balding and and his hair is a little unkempt in the front but if he has and everything's very green i guess it's not fall anymore whatever the hell i thought season it was but he's 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 basically he's chainsawing down branches of a dead tree and he should have eye protection on and he's greasing off his chainsaw blade and he's really loving the chainsaw why not if you got a good chainsaw why not love it and the dean comes over and you know oh willard when are you going to be done you you guys know if you know it if you know the conversation yeah it's basically 
Uh, it's basically the dean kind of like prompting him, Willard, who apparently is some sort of independent contractor trimming trees to go away. And, um, and Willard's like, yeah, I'll be here a few more weeks. You know, you don't pay me anymore. And there's a great moment where there is an overlapping of dialogue. Um, and you, I'll, I'll let you, you find that's right near the end. It's like, it's, but, Now I won't I won't go into it here. You can see it right near the end of the scene. There's a bit of overlapping dialogue which they dub in, and I like that Willard's like with a chainsaw. He's like gonna shove it up the dean's rear at the end of it. And the dean is very sort of prissy in this scene. And I would question a large Boston college campus where the dean is the one who's going to talk to the guy who's doing some tree trimming certainly if he has the whole campus to take care of then tree trimming is possibly the lowest thing on the schedule of things to take care of of important things so i applaud that he goes that now i know you're thinking the same thing i'm thinking dan the dean thinks that willard might be the killer because the chainsaw Maybe Willard thinks that the Dean is the killer, um, but but that that I, th I think that's why he goes there. In the end, that's why he goes there um, because it's like, hey, Willard with the chainsaw, maybe go away and kill gals in other places. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we'll learn as we go along. But yeah, so that ends, and that's a lovely scene. It's it's two interesting actors, two actors that I like. Um, this is their big scene together. One minute, one shot. Hey, and then it cuts there to um, Willard possibly see Willard I say Willard uh, like Edmund Purdom says it Willard possibly seeing a couple having sex um, and it looks at first like they're just kind of like making out near a tree but then you see sort of how far her skirt is pulled up and how far his pants are pulled down that they are yeah it's go it's going it's right it yeah it's right in there and um, and that apparently sparks the killer whoever he or she may be well he because it was a little boy in the beginning unless something else is happening but um i'll just i'll just say i'll use he at the moment um it sparks the killer because then we get the scene of the killer putting the um the second because uh, the second piece of the um the puzzle together the second section i'm sorry not piece the second section of the puzzle together and the first section was the head this section is the the chest reason the pectorals the and so the killers put the boobs together, and, and um, so so we're assuming that the next person to be killed is going to be booberific. And then we see, uh, again, presumably the killer's feet walking along like a hardwood kind of floor. And then suddenly we are in a library, and the camera is tracking along some uh, tables with people studying, including some very old students, unless they're professors, um, doing some late night studying and so it's it is late night so this is like it's it's the middle of the day when we see willard and, and the dean so this is late night so this is um this is three four hours i don't know how long five six twelve uh, who knows how, how much longer um but yeah the camera's sort of panning along intimating that the killer the the cut from the killer's shoes along the floor to the almost point of view ask scan along the tables with the students implies that the killer is walking through the room at that time 
So the killer is like right there. The killer is someone who can be in plain sight. Which leads me to believe that it's pro if, if that's true, and that seems to be what it's saying, it's probably not Willard. Why would this gigantic, sweaty guy, who's clearly not a student and who's everyone, who everyone has probably seen chopping down trees, be strolling through the library late at night? He wouldn't. So yes, he is a red herring. He becomes less of a red herring the more you think about it. Mm. So yeah, and then the rest of the minute is just you see this guy, Ian Sarah from Pod People. It stinks. And this this hot blonde with a shirt that says USA on it, which means she's from the United States of America. She throws him a note. I've always wanted to do it underwater. Meet me by the pool. He kind of gives her a little like, I'll meet you in one hour. And she walks away in her very tight, shiny jeans. And he has a big smile on his face. I understand why he has a big smile on his face. I am a little worried about the underwater thing because I know, forgive me, but I know the few times I've tried that, sort of don't like like natural lubricants have some trouble underwater, don't you? I don't know. I mean, I guess you can. I guess you can get get a good good rowdy round going underwater and i hope you're not uh, like you don't want to like take a deep breath <gasps> underwater yeah 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 i need some air <sighs> and then you go back up something like that I, i'm hoping that um she means underwater as in you know we'll be smooching and touching above water while certain organs and things are going into places and pieces of other spots and yeah so um I guess that's the I guess that's a minute here. Like I said, there's only two minutes, and we so we met Willard. We've seen the dean. Um, I I can't imagine that that sort of there's any sort of rivalry there. He's just the dean as an employer, and then Willard is you know just passing through on a job that'll just wrap up shortly, and then then we meet the guy, and he's going to fool around with this girl, and we can't imagine that that's going to go well because of the puzzle being pieced together. Uh, with the boobs and the puzzle being pieced together with gloves and it's it's funny um, I mentioned this an episode or two ago that thing with the um uh, was was it to all a good night where they have the sharpie where they're like xing out stuff but by time they get to the end of the shot it's clear that they left the sharpie open too long and it's dried out here you have an interesting and and, and so you think like you should have reshot that or done something else in this one you get the black gloved hands putting together the puzzle as if the killer knew that someone was looking at him and he should be wearing gloves rather than like i'm in my living room there's no one else here i've hidden this puzzle away for 40 years and i'm putting six pieces on it right now you know i shouldn't need to wear gloves but the killer is wearing gloves and you can see how tricky it is doing a puzzle while wearing gloves it's not really the thing. It's, it's, it's lately I've been when I've been going outside. I've been wearing gloves, and um, it's not. It's tricky trying like reach into your sh pocket of your shorts and pull out your wallet, and and suddenly and you go in there with gloves, and suddenly it's like what the hell am I pulling out of my pocket here? And I'm don't be dirty, but you know it's like everything suddenly comes out of the pocket because of the glove, and you're not grabbing stuff with with the fingers. You're not getting the tactile. So so doing a puzzle. I'm, and you can sort of see when the puzzle's being put together, it doesn't look like the easiest thing to do. And you think, why not take two? And then you think, well, why take two? Who cares? 
its pieces. And I know I care, and I know you care. So I'm going to wrap these two minutes up right here. That's six, minutes 16 and 17 of Pieces, episode 5 of Pieces and Pieces podcast. The next minute, um, we'll, we'll get more Kendall. Um, who we haven't properly met yet, so for, forgive me. I forget, forgive me, and forget that I keep saying his name. But um, and we'll get maybe another killing. I don't remember how many minutes it is. So so we will. Um, I don't remember how many minutes it is. So we'll see how that goes. But thank you everyone for listening. And you can uh, find me uh, email. You can email me Danny Slacks at yahoo.com. You can uh, find me and. Danny Slacks on Twitter, Adventure uh, Super Train on Facebook, E Super Train One on Facebook, also um, Dismember Minute over on um, uh, Twitter. I just learned the Dismember Minute handle thingy Twitter account was formed for Night to Dismember, starring Samantha Fox, the uh, adult film actress and star of Night to Dismember, who just passed away. And so let's give her a moment of silence. We'll dedicate this episode to Samantha Fox, the adult film actress. I don't mean to end on a downer. Um, I next next episode, I promise some boobs. Hey, and I don't mean like you know Paul Smith and the the guy that he teamed up with who was pretending to be a uh, Terrence Hill engaging in shenanigans. I mean boobs is in. Uh, you know, boobs. So, um, I'll talk to you all soon. Be safe, be well. Episode 6 looms.